0: Soda, corn twist, apple, carrots, soda, pretzel sticks, apple, carrots, soda, cheese curls. What? <laughs> Mad clown! Mad clown! Run away! Run away! Ha! Funny, very funny. Hey, I'm on break. I'll check in with you guys. So, Joe, you still doing your same routine? Sparkle drops the hula hoop? No, I'm <laughs> juggling. I thought you didn't know how to juggle. He doesn't. I don't. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> Hilarious. So, how are you guys doing in here? Great. Only like 2,000 left. Exaggerating. 1,800. 1,200. We have about 200, and we'll get it done. <laughs> The eternal optimist. Do you guys even know what a difference you're making? Uh, What about you and those uh, mad clown skills? You do have them, right? I mean, those big shoes aren't just a cry for help. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) You know, they really do appreciate these bags of goodies. You know, there's this one family. (sighs) I wish you could have been there. Their boy, Trey. I can't take you seriously with that note. It's just too loud. And your hair is screaming at at us. There. Can you hear me now? (sighs) Seriously, I wish you could have seen Trey's face. You know, sometimes these kids get embarrassed when they get free lunches, but not Trey. He was excited by carrots. Yes. No way. You guys are like heroes to them. Behind the scenes, packing lunches, I get to see the reactions. You don't. We're just ordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary? Never underestimate just the right amount of mustard on a ham and cheese sandwich. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're just volunteers. What? Did I just hear you say just? Well? Hey, you're the one with the oversized sensory extremities. It's just that, I thought I heard her say just. Listen, do you know how many people be hungry if it wasn't for you guys? Really, you're extra ordinary. Like X-Men? Yeah. No, like X-Women yeah. and one man. You, <laughs> you know, if I was to take this mustard container. Hey, never give a clown a mustard container. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> and put a big X on each one of you, that's how it look like to this clown. You don't believe me? Hey, take the cheese curls, man. Just take them. <laughs> Alright, why well, gotta get back? Think of Trey. I gotta get back to my juggling. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Go Bye. get them, Sparkles. <laughs> mm. Apple. Carrots. Soda. Pork rinds. <laughs> Kidding. Pretzels. You know, he was looking at us like we were some kind of superheroes. <sighs> yeah. He was something, huh? Oh, yeah. We just packed lunches. Apple. Carrots. Soda. Cheese balls. You don't think. What? Maybe he's onto something. No! <laughs> he could be onto something. Like, maybe underneath our ordinary? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, though. Remember, Frank? Like, before you started volunteering, you were kind of... Kind, kind of, of down. Yeah. Well, not down, Frank, but kind of lacking... <clears throat> meaning. Yes. yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that's... And Louise, before you started giving your time to the soup kitchen, you were always so, so... Melancholy. Yep, mm-hmm. I was melancholy. But then I got new meaning. Maybe... Underneath our ordinary? No, 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 no. You sound crazy. Do you hear yourselves? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. No big whoop. We're just volunteers. Giving a little bit to others. Yeah. Sure, like a good meal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We only give what we have to someone else so they can have something. Mm-hmm. Unless he's right. And underneath our ordinary, there's. Sure. But maybe underneath. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you, not me. Come on, let's get back to work. Apple. Carrots. Soda. Caramel corn. You're right. Whew, is it hot in here? It's just me. Did you? Uh-huh. Uh, that was really weird. <gasps> what was that? You don't think, maybe Underneath <laughs> Our Ordinary exists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs>
1: I live with a deep conviction that there really is an extraordinary person in every one of us. Doesn't matter what you think about yourself or your skills or your gifts. God has chosen you, selected you, has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's extraordinary. Now maybe for a few of us, and I would be one of those, it's more like extra unordinary. I know I can be a little weird sometimes. But I really do believe that God has given each of us unique gifts, unique skills, and that his plan for you and me is to use those in service of others. Whether it's changing a diaper in Adventureland whether it's giving blood out blood Bloodmobile, and again, thank you for those of you who are doing that today. Whether it's helping you know, as an usher greet people and hand out bulletins. Whether it's uh, working with our third grade program at Opportunity with the Reading Buddies, whatever it is, every time we do something like that, God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, there's one of my extraordinary heroes. There's someone that I give great attention to because they have served those, the least of those in my name. Years ago, I had the opportunity to help with Habitat for Humanity, help build a home. Now, if you know me, you know that I am not the guy you want to give a hammer to, unless it's a sledgehammer to destroy something. I'm pretty good at that, but I am not a builder. I am not skilled labor. I'm not even unskilled labor. I barely qualify as manual labor. I'm horrible, and my wife, God bless her, she's lived with me for 37 years and knows that giving me a fix-it list but are not involved tools because I'm dangerous with them. But somebody had this idea, hey, let's get boobin involved, and, and I, I went and helped with this home. And I really, I, I pretty much moved piles of wood from one place to another, did a little bit of painting, no skilled work at all. But one night it was really, really hot. It was August, and it was just extremely hot, and I am sweating profusely. I won't get too much more descriptive than that, but let's just say it was not a pretty picture. And then I had to deal with a hornet. I hate hornets. Anybody love hornets? Good, because I hate them. And I, bees, honey bees are fine, but hornets drive me crazy. And had a bad experience when I was a kid and jumped into a hornet's nest. And anyhow, I, I've been through therapy. I'll be fine. But hornets are nasty. And this hornet decides he wants to land on me and be my new best friend. So I start doing the hornet dance. You know what that is? You know, I, I'm flapping around, and, and finally he buzzes off somewhere. And I'm thinking, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Who do I think I am? I have, I, I was feeling very very insignificant and actually thanking God that I had a desk job. And at that very moment, I kid you not, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit whispered, I didn't hear an audible voice, but the Holy Spirit whispered this to my heart. Kurt, I love the smell of your sweat. I love the smell of your sweat. And I realized something. In fact, it's the first bullet, if you're following along today in the outline. Any labor of love done out of love for God and for others is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father. Any Labor of love done out of love for God and for others is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. In fact, later I thought about it, and I know this is a little wordplay thing, but there's only one letter's difference between sweet and sweat. Only one letter, think about it. But the point is, any labor of love done out of love. Now, we'll come back to this out of love because it's important that you get that. We don't do it to get something from God. But any labor of love done out of love for God is actually a very sweet-smelling aroma to him. It's a blessing to God. Here's what the Apostle Paul said about Jesus' labor of love for us. It's written in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. He said, therefore, imitate God as dearly loved children. Imitate God because we're his kids, as dearly loved children. And live your life with love, following the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. He was, and here's the part I want you to really see. He was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. Paul is saying here that what Jesus did for you and for me, his labor of love, even the cross, was a sweet-smelling aroma, a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God. And he's saying that because you and I, if you're a Christ follower, as God's children, you and I have this opportunity, this privilege to live in love and to do exactly what Jesus did to serve Him, to serve God, to serve others. And as we do, we become what Jesus was, a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father. I want to be clear about something, and the most important words in this phrase are, as dearly loved children. Because we are loved, we love in response. I've said it many times. I will say it many times again, because I really want you to understand that we cannot earn God's love or favor. We slip into this... Earn performance mode all too often. In our human relationships, we do it all the time. And because of that, we often look at God that way and we slip into it in our relationship with him. And some of us, like me, grew up in religious churches, very uh, works-based or very uh, legalistic churches where it was insinuated, at least if not said, hey, you but, if you want to get God's love, you want to earn God's favor, if you want to get an attaboy from God, then you better do X, Y, and Z. You better work hard. And I'm going to tell you again, we cannot earn God's love or favor. We should not labor or sacrifice for him out of fear or some sort of bargaining chip in an attempt to get something from God. Well, maybe if I do enough good, I'll fill up the good bucket so that it will outweigh the bad. That's not the relationship God wants us to have with him. We will not earn his love by our performance, period. We can't. And we can't earn it through any act of service as, or sacrifices. well. We cannot earn it. But, and here's an important but, listen, When our service and sacrifice is out of love, when it's in response to the love that God has given to us, when we serve, when we honor him, when we serve others and and sacrifice for others in response to his love for us, then that becomes a sweet-smelling aroma to God. In his book uh, called Primal, it's a great book, by author and pastor Mark Batterson, he put it this way, and I, I love this quote. He said, your sweat is a sacred incense to God. Love isn't measured by the words spoken, but by the calories burned. Love isn't measured by the words spoken, but by the calories burned. And again, Mark's not implying in this book that that's how we earn God's love. His whole point is my whole point. We respond to the love of God. As dearly loved children, when you get it, we've been spending weeks on this, talking about how loved you are by God. His extravagant, unconditional, amazing love for you. And the reason we've spent a lot of time working on that and looking on that is because I want you to understand, you are, underlined. the word are, you are loved by God, period, no matter what. It is unconditional love. The Greek word is agape love. It's unconditional love that he has for you. But when you get it, when you understand that love, when you really walk in that love, then the natural or the supernatural thing is respond to that love. It, through acts of service. It's good to tell God you love Him. Our words matter. I love the fact that we sing songs. We just sang one about God's amazing love for us. But what I want you to understand is that love, love is, is often measured best, seen best, experienced best, as it's demonstrated through acts of service for others. God loves the smell of your sweat, He loves it. And when we break a sweat in love for Him, serving others, It is an act of love for God. It's an act of worship for him. Almost every week in this series, we looked at what Jesus said in Mark 12, 30. And let me land on it again. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus set the bar pretty high, didn't he? He said, love God with everything that you are, everything that you have, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, Jesus understood what we need to understand, that we love in response to love. But what does it mean to love with all our heart, with all our soul? It means to love God with all that we are, our personage, all of our emotions. And yes, we have emotions. We are emotional beings. And it's okay to get emotional about God. Love Him with all your heart, with all your soul. What does it mean to love Him with all your mind? It means that we love Him with our, with our intellect as well. God does not ask us to check our brains at the door of the church. He doesn't ask us to check our brains someplace else when we come into faith. We can love God with our intellect, with our mind. But to love him with all our strength. Think about the last really difficult physical thing you did. Probably yesterday in the yard you did too much. But when your efforts are, 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 are intense, what happens? You sweat. You're working out a sweat. It's to love Him with all our strength is to love Him with all our energies, with all our activities. It is to break a sweat for God. And so what I love about this passage in Mark 12 is that we really see this complete picture. We love God with, with our, our heart, our soul, who we are from the inside, our personage. We love Him with our intellect, our mind. And we love God with our actions, with our strength. Our strength and our effort really completes the picture we just don't feel love for God. We just don't think about our love for God. We demonstrate our love to him through our actions, through sacrificial acts. Which takes me to the second bullet in your outline. I've come to realize this as well. Love is a verb. Love is a verb. In fact, Christianity was never intended to be a noun. It is a verb. It was never intended just to be a thing. Sadly, if it, when we turn Love and to, uh, to a noun, it, it's a real turnoff. It's a huge turnoff to a watching world. I have lots of non-Christian friends. I've led lots of conversations with them over the years. And often, it always seems to come back to this. Well, you Christians say this, or you Christians talk about that, but I don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't observe that. You talk about love, but you can't even get along with each other. You talk about goodness, and yet I, I see all sorts of badness in people who call themselves Christ followers. And the issue here is that all too often we have allowed Christianity to be defined as a noun rather than a verb. And many, many of your friends, listen to me, they are tired of hearing about God. What they want to do is see him in your life. They want to see him through your acts. And that's why we must walk our talk and demonstrate our love to God and to others. We've got to walk it out. Now, are we going to do that perfectly? Go like this. No not even close. Are we going to fail along the way? Yes, we will. And I'm quick to point out to my friends who don't know Christ and see me, this is why I need a Savior, guys. I'm an idiot. This is why I need God, because I'm weak. This is why I need Him, because I can't do this. on my I always point to God. Every time I stumble and fail, I repent and I say, thank God for His grace. Thank God for His goodness in my life. And I don't think there's anything hypocritical about that. What people get weird about and upset about is when we pretend to have our act all together and we don't. When we pretend to be perfect and we're not. So I'm not suggesting that somehow we do this all perfectly all the time. But it ought to be seen. Your faith ought to be seen in the way you relate to people. The way you love them. The way you serve them. The way you walk. I'm going to read just a few. And boy, my biggest challenge this week was just picking a few passages. And I'm, I'm going to try just to read through them without a lot of comment for the sake of time. But let me just read a few passages that describe the nature of our service, our, our, our labor of love for God and for others in the Bible. Galatians 5.13, my brothers and sisters, serve one another humbly in love. And let me point something out to you. In the New Testament era, when this was first written, those that would have read this passage serve one another humbly in love, the, in, the image, the mental image they would have seen would have been a servant, a slave, a household slave, a household servant. It was not, you know, well, like well, once in a while I pull the chair out, you know, for my wife or open the door for her to get into the car. Now, the picture, that, that the mental picture, the word picture that Paul is using here is one of, man, and he said it many times himself, I'm a slave to Christ. I'm his servant. Humbly serve one another in love. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.3, Paul, praising them, says, We remember before God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your work produced by faith, relationship, and your labor produced, prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, Well done to the church in Thessalonica. Good job. And he's applauding their work and their labor. Hebrews has this to say in 6:10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. Hebrews 10:24, and let us consider how we may spur one another, provoke one another on toward love and good deeds. And then one more in Hebrews 13:16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others with such sacrifices. God is pleased. And again, the word picture for those that would have read this initial uh, time when it was written, the sacrifices, they would have immediately thought of that sweet smelling aroma. God is pleased with those sacrifices of our love, our act of service for Him and for others. And first John, one more. First John 3:18 says, Dear children, again, here's the who are we? we? We are God's children. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, let us show the truth by our actions. Let's not just tell each other, hey, I love you. I love you, man. Yeah, let's not just say it. He says, let's demonstrate our love in what we do. These are just a few of the passages that challenge us, that challenge you and I to demonstrate our faith and our love through work and good deeds. I'm going to say it again. Christianity was always intended to be a verb. Talk alone is cheap, so we must show the power and love of God in our lives through acts of selfless service for others. I've got a friend that I've been talking to for a long time about Jesus. We don't uh, interact as often in the last few years as we had prior to that, but he's not yet a Christ follower. Now, I say not yet because I'm, I'm still believing, still praying, still hoping that the day is going to come where somehow, some way, God's going to get a hold of this guy and he's going to see, his eyes will be open and he'll see the truth. But he said, he paid me one of the greatest, highest compliments I've ever received from anyone. Occasionally I get nice notes and cards and emails from you. Thank you for those, they mean a lot to me. But it meant a lot to this guy. a Basically a pagan, far from God, has no relationship with God whatsoever. Paid me one of the highest compliments I've ever heard. And what he said is, Bubna, I can argue all day with your words, but I find it very hard to argue with your life. And man, when he said that, it was like, first like, oh God, thank you. And it was, oh God, then help me. <laughs> it's like, because I want to I keep that, tr- that, that being true in our relationship. So he said, I can argue all day with your words. Ever argue with somebody? Not a whole lot of, productivity there, in my humble opinion. He said, but I, I, I found it very difficult, very hard to argue with your life. And then he said this, and, and, and again, just blew my mind to hear this out of his mouth. He said, I see Jesus in you. You don't even believe in Jesus, dude. I see Jesus in you. St. Francis of Assisi. Is it Assisi or Assisi? I don't know, whatever. St. Francis has a fairly well-known quote. I love it. It goes like this. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary... Use words. He's not quite as famous for this one, but I I like this quote even better. He said, It is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. Wow. It's no use walking, going places to preach, to tell people about God unless our walking is our preaching. Listen, I'm all for you sharing your story and God's story. Words do matter. So by no means am I suggesting that we never talk. There will come a point in time where you will have to tell them God's story about his love and about your story. There comes a point where you have to say, now let me explain to you why I do what I do, what God has done in my life, what he's done for you. There will come a point where words will matter to them. But they are hollow and empty words unless our faith is seen in the way we give our time, energy, and yes, even our money to serve and to support and to care and to help God and others. And so I've got a question I want you to wrestle with. Don't answer out loud. But here's the first question. Where are you bleeding for the sake of others right now? Where are you sweating for the sake of somebody else? And I truly want you to wrestle with that. If you can't think of an experience this week where you did something that cost you time, energy, money, If you can't think of one experience, one act of selfless love that you did for somebody this week, I'm not here, listen to me. I'm not here to smack you around, beat you up. I don't want you to leave here feeling condemned or or shamed. That's not my goal. Sometimes I risk when I present something challenging like this that you feel beat up and bruised. Please don't hear that. What I want you to hear, though, is a, is a, a challenge from God. When's the last time you sweat, sacrificially sweat, in service to somebody else. Nancy down here, she doesn't know I was going to pick on her, but she uh, has, runs a ministry for, for kids, for youth. It's called To Be Youth Ranch, and it's a great ministry. We support her as a church. If you want to support her, help her. She needs help and money all the time. But I love the fact, that we made know the fact this morning, that she's getting quite tan. You know why she gets quite tan? Because she's outside sweating with horses all day long, serving others, serving people, serving kids through a gift that God has given her. And I'm proud of you. And I know that God's doing more, and we'll do more for her. And for her, boy, she probably thought of a dozen kids. I'm asking you guys, not in a guilt-producing way, when's the last time you sweat for somebody? When's the last time you served somebody in a selfless act of love when you demonstrated the power of God's love in and through your life? And let me make it clear, sometimes the greatest act of service will cost you Greater love has no man than this, Jesus said, than he does what? Throws a couple bucks in the plate once in a while for God? No. Greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his what? Life. His life for others. That sounds like a sacrifice to me. Anybody else hear that? Sounds like a sacrifice. Matthew 25. I want to read another passage to you, a quick passage here. But Jesus paints this picture. That ought to just... Wake us up. It is a picture of what will happen at the end of time in the final judgment. And I'm, I'm, let me read to you Matthew 25, verse 31 to 40. Jesus, when the Son of Man comes, when I come back, comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he'll place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. A day of judgment is coming. And there will be a day where God says, you're with me, you were mine, you gave your life to me, you didn't. Then the king will say to those on his right, those who are the sheep, come, you were blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Man, I can't even begin to imagine what that's gonna be like and what that, what that means. And Jesus himself said, come, you're gonna to get to experience now stuff you never even dreamt possible in your puny little brains and earth suits before, and now watch what I'm gonna do. I prepared this from the beginning. And then he makes this incredibly amazing statement. Verse 35. For I, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the the righteous will answer. They'll say, time out, Lord. When did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you, a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? They're like, what? And the king will reply, verse 40, truly I say to you, Jesus saying, listen carefully. Here's truth. Truly I say to you, whenever you did, what, wh- whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of me, these, Jesus said, you did it for me. I don't know about you by those words ought to just jolt us from any complacency any laziness any spiritual apathy at all Jesus said in caring for him uh, in caring for the least of these that we were caring for him now let me be clear about this again and I, I've landed on this I want to make it extremely clear to you good and righteous deeds do not make us righteous I hope you hear that doing good is not the, our ticket to getting right with God We embrace his grace as a free gift, his mercy, his salvation, his forgiveness. We could never earn it. Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. He paid it. It's done there. Our part is just to accept that, embrace that, and appropriate it for our lives. We could never earn it. Good and righteous deeds do not make us righteous with God. But our righteousness, our right standing with God should be evidenced in our good deeds. We don't get... We don't do it to get, but because we got it, we give it. Does that make sense? (laughs) We don't do it to earn from God, but because of what we have, it ought to be evidenced in the way we live. Why do we have a single-parent pantry around here? I know it's a little out of sight now in the old lobby, but why have I many, 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 many times said bring just one item every week, and we'll keep that stocked, and and we'll continue to help hundreds of single moms and parents in this county. Why do we do that? Because in caring for the least of these, we're caring for Jesus. Why? Why would I ask Why I'm so tired of him to ask me to bring toilet paper to church. Why? Well, because in doing that, we're doing it for the least of these. We're doing it for Jesus. Why have we given, as a church, I had our business manager look this number up this last week, as a church, over $140,000 away in benevolence. $140,000 away in benevolence since we started as a church in 2003. Why? What, to earn something from people? To somehow? No. We've done it because, in caring for those in need, we're caring for Jesus. By our acts of righteousness, we're demonstrating the righteousness we have in Christ. Why do I ask you on a fairly regular basis? Why did Matt stand right up here and say, "Hey, take a tag off the, the toilet trees and, and, and help us grab something off of one of those things for Adventureland and bring it back to help us with VBS"? Why? Why do I ask you to give? Why would we ever pass? Somebody says, "Why do we pass offering bags around here?" Well, here's a simple answer. Because in giving, you're helping us help those who need. You help us provide a place that resources our community, resources lives, changes lives, makes a difference for eternity. And in caring for those in need, we're caring for Jesus. We're caring for him. I'll say it one more time. God loves the smell of your sweat. I bet you never thought you'd hear that in church, huh? God loves the smell of your sweat. It is a sweet aroma to him. When it is an act done in response to his deep love for us, I really do believe. I'm looking out at this room right now, and, and many of you I know, some of you I don't, but I truly do believe this that you've got a big X on your, uh, underneath your shirt, that there is an extraordinary person that God has created you to be. Your uniqueness, your gifts. You might think, well, I can never do that. I can't be like that person. That doesn't matter. God doesn't compare you to others. He doesn't want you to compare yourself to them. He says, I know what I've given you, and I have deposited in you gifts, energy, time, energy, money, resources. I have given you stuff that I want you to use for the benefit of others. We will not all do the same things. We do not all have the same gifts, or the same skills. We have different callings in many ways. Yes, I know that. But we have the privilege of serving God and others, and as we do, out of love, we are being like him a watching world. Someone once said that love isn't love until you give it away. And that is so, so true. I have a friend. One last story and I'm done. Her name's Patty. And uh, she's in her late 30s now. But Patty uh, is mentally and physically handicapped. She is never going to uh, probably be married. Never going to make a lot of money. In fact, she's never had uh, much of a job to, to speak of. She's never going to uh, drive, never going to water ski, never going to travel around the world, never do a lot of the things that you and I uh, dream about or that we take for granted. But you know what Patty does every week, sometimes more than once a week, every week, she goes down to a homeless, homeless shelter in San Diego and she serves soup to the homeless. You think, well, that's the big deal among that. It's a big deal to God. I'm pretty sure when we get to heaven, Patty's going to be ruling the place she's going to probably be in charge of a whole lot because selflessly she serves over and over and over, and she's been doing it for years. And here's the cool part. (laughs) I love her. If you were to ask Patty, why do you do that? She would smile, and she would, without even blinking, without even hesitating, she said, because I love Jesus. Patty, why do you go down and do that? Why are you serving soup to these homeless guys? Because I love Jesus. That would be a response. Love for Jesus turns the simplest act of service, the simplest act of labor, into an act of worship. Love for him turns the simplest thing. You think, I I don't get the the big deal. I'm changing a poopy diaper and eventually, come on, give me a break, turns the simplest act of labor. Love turns that into an act of worship for God. And so let me finish one more time with that odd question. Do you stink for Jesus? I hope so. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, the first thing I want to pray is that you would stop the voice of the evil one. That voice of darkness that tries to bring guilt and condemnation. That is not your heart, that is not your word, that's not my heart. And I do, Lord, I pray that you just, anybody sitting here right now or watching this online, if they're feeling beat up and and shamed, that you would bring light to that and and reveal it for what it is, the voice of the accuser, not the voice of our lover. I pray, Lord, for anyone sitting here this morning whose self-talk is beating them up. They're abusing themselves emotionally right now. I pray, Lord, that you would just stop that as well and show them that all you want from them is a choice. We repent, Lord. We choose to go the right way. We recognize where we've not done something or we need to do something. And all you want of us is a humble choice, a humble acknowledgement. Yes, God, I need to. Yes, I want to. God, help me. And that we would just simply, Lord, if we have been more about us than less about others, if we've been all about taking care of us and, and we haven't been sweating for others, if we haven't been sweating for you, But today, Lord, that we'd walk out of here just making a decision, a choice to follow you, to do what you did, Jesus, you served. You got down on your knees and you washed the feet of the disciples. And you were the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us to leave here today with that commitment, with that conviction, with that desire. And Lord, please, please, please make it because we love you overwhelm us again with the love of God so that we would leave you today and go not because we have to, go not because we are trying to earn something, but go to serve others and love you as we do because we have been loved, because we are dearly loved children. I'm asking you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you can't say that yet if of yourself. Like, I'm not really a child of God yet. I've not decided to follow him. I've not surrendered my life to him. I have become a disciple, a Christ follower. And I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And it's a choice, again, it comes down to you saying yes to God. But if you want to begin your life as a Christ follower today, almost every week, two, three, five, six, ten 10 people make that decision here. Now, if You're one of those today. And you're saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Just make this prayer yours right now. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned, I have failed, and I need a Savior. I need you. I need your grace. And I can hardly believe that it is a free gift, that I don't have to do something to earn it. But God, that sounds like good news to me, and I embrace it. I take that gift right now. I receive your kindness and your love. And I choose you. Thank you for choosing me. And today I choose you to follow you. All the days of my life, from here into eternity, I'm yours. I surrender my life to you. Now, Lord, I pray for those that are in the midst of making that decision right now, that you show them what that means. And if that's you, if that's what you want, just say, yep, God, that's what I want. That's me. And The Bible says the moment you say yes to him, you don't have to walk down an aisle or raise your hand. I want you to acknowledge it at some point, but those, those are secondary to the choice you make in your heart that says yes to God. That's at that moment when you become his child. forgiven forever. Lord, thank you for that work you're doing now in the hearts of men. Thank you for that work you've done in us. We love you. And we want to live our lives in response to that love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to finish with uh, one of my favorite songs. And it's a, it's a song that's a declaration. Giving it all away. We're going to go because of him. Because of the love he has. The offering bag is going to come now. Uh, give to support, to resource what God's doing here. Drop those communication cards in there if, if you have uh, need or Or if you want to let us know something, do that right now, and I'll come back and finish up as we worship. Why would we go? Why would we give it all away? Because we are found in his love. Because of his amazing, incredible love for us. Go with that understanding today. Why would I do anything? Well, because you are greatly loved by one who did everything for you. If today you began your life as a Christ follower, I want to encourage you, tell somebody. Tell the person that came with you. You'll make their day. You'll make their year. Let them know. And, and let me know and come talk to me if you'd like. But the back of uh, the table is by the doors as you walk out. There's a packet that says for new, new Christians out. It's got a Bible, some material to get you started on your walk with Jesus. Pick one of those up. We want to journey with you in this new adventure called Following Jesus. If you need prayer, prayer time will be down front. There's communion on both sides of the room if you'd like to take communion today. Uh, stop by and sign up to help with the VBS or to get involved there and go stink for Jesus this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming.